The Hawkeye Nation podcast is happy to have Exile Brewing Company as our anchor sponsor based in Des Moines, Iowa, down at 1514 Walnut Street, established in 2012. The 2015 Great American Beer Festival gold medal winner, top 10 best-selling new craft beer in the nation for 2015, and you have that in Des Moines, Iowa, available on tap and in bottles throughout the entire state. They brew five year-round beers, 10 to 15 seasonal and limited release beers so check them out exile brewing company 1514 wallet street hn podcast i'm john miller along with me on this evening is wolfgang you have all listened to many of his instant reaction podcasts following iowa basketball games these past six weeks wolfgang is the good luck charm apparently for the hawkeyes although i think your first one was what against either michigan state or illinois so it was technically a loss right yeah, and it's tough. And I don't like to be negative. I like to, I mean, obviously, this is a Hawkeye website, so I try to be positive. And it's easy to be positive with this team. But uh, I'm a little disappointed, John, with where this – let me just take over here if you don't mind. <laughs> with this being in D.C., are you mad? There's nobody going to be there that are Hawkeye fans. Nobody. Yeah, I, I'm not mad. I just think it's stupid. I think it's Delaney being too cute by a half – throwing a little bone to Rutgers and Maryland as if Rutgers and Maryland were going to tell Mr. Delaney, well, Jim, we'll join your little rinky-dink conference, but only if you give us a Big Ten tournament in our backyards at least one time. No. Mm -hmm. The Big Ten had all the leverage. Um, you know, I guess exposure in those markets for other fan bases, sure. But it, it's like I used to say on the radio whenever I'd walk through the um, mall there, the Jordan Creek Mall in West Des Moines, and I'd see all these giant Iowa State billboards right around the corner from the food court. And I was thinking... Why in the heck are you wasting money on things like that? It's not like a kid is walking through the mall and says, Hey, Mom, look at that. I think I'm going to be a cyclone now. It doesn't work that way. And, and you know, oh, look, these Big Ten teams are here. Let's go see it. Oh, boy, we love Big Ten basketball. Let's check this new and unique and thing we've never seen before. It's, I just don't buy that that's how it works. Next year, it's in Madison Square Garden. And some might say, well, that's great. The garden is basically you know, basketball history, but the Big Ten is going to have its tournament a week before everyone else. Like the weekend that the Missouri Valley has its tournament, that's when the Big Ten's having its tournament. So I don't like it at all. Well, don't forget the Iowa State, um, the rest uh, area is sponsored by Iowa State. Don't forget those, okay? Because I, I literally pulled over one day and took a picture of it, and that's my Twitter picture, and I got pulled over by a cop. That was, a, uh, that was an interesting situation explaining that to him. But I just think it would have been so much fun to – there would have been so many Hawkeye fans – Hawkeye fans are so pumped right now to travel to Chicago, to travel to Indianapolis, a seven-hour drive or a five-hour drive. There would have been that place would have been black and gold to the core. And to the fact that it's out in D.C., you know, it's just ridiculous. I was talking with Trent Condon today, and they said there's six-dollar tickets, John. I mean, that doesn't exactly sound like uh, the, yeah. people are really. For the opening, What's that? for this opening night that just concluded, we record this on Wednesday night. Um, the opening session, yeah, there were six dollar tickets, so that's pretty bad. And you know, now that the now that there is an extra day where the 11, 12, 13, and fourteen seeds play, I don't necessarily think those are going to draw all that well, whether it's Chicago or Indianapolis. I think Thursday and Friday sessions will be more of a, a, a litmus test. Um, I just kind of think, you know, the Big 12 has its tradition. You know, they moved it around a little bit. They moved it to Dallas and that to appease some of the Texas schools when they first became the Big 12, put it on a rotation. They might have even had it in Oklahoma um, at one point as well. But they are in Kansas City. And the power and light district downtown Kansas City is phenomenal. People know every year, okay, we're going to Kansas City this weekend in March for the Big 12 tournament. We're going to stay at this same hotel. We're going to go to these same bars. Iowa State fans take over Kelly's down on Westport in oh, Kansas yeah. City. And that's great. The Big Ten doesn't have that tradition, which is kind of funny because the Big Ten is a conference that all it does is brag about its traditions and and include them all in the media guides and the oldest trophy this and this trophy that and this spittoon this and this spittoon that. 
and yet they're dancing their tournament around. Just put it in either Chicago or my preference, Indianapolis, even though my preference doesn't matter because I don't really go. I just, I love downtown Indianapolis for events, for conventions. I'm there every single spring uh, for an energy um, event. You walk everywhere. You got, it's, it, I like it. I prefer it to Chicago. But just have it the same place so people can basically plan on it every year. I don't like it in D.C. Yeah. And you know what? I won't give a bleep if we went if we went against Indiana, which I don't think I think I know a guy named Mon Jiller that does not believe I was going to beat Indiana. But if we beat Indiana in D.C. and we beat Wisconsin in D.C., I don't care. You can play it wherever you want. You can play it in Brazil. I don't care as long as we get into the tournament. And I think Iowa's got a good shot. People, I'm listening to people here on the radio. I'm listening to guys on Twitter. I'm listening to guys that do podcasts. There's a lot of Iowa fans that don't think we're going to win this game. I, I personally do. I don't. We're not playing Duke, John. We're not playing North Carolina. They're three and eight in their last eleven games. I understand four of those are by, I believe, uh, two possession games. But we're not playing, you know, Gonzaga. No, they're not. But and, and one of the things that they're playing a I was playing a basketball team that has a very low basketball IQ. Indiana yes. Indiana is not a great team. They are a team that jumped out to what was it a 17 to 4 lead against Iowa City or against Iowa in Iowa City back a couple of months ago and then proceeded to turn the ball over 22 times in that game. Oh. Iowa had 17 giveaways in that game. Uh, Indiana shot what did Indiana shoot in that game? 40%, well, first half, second half game, 47.1%. They wound up 10 of 29 from three. And Iowa was five of 24 from three. Indiana shot the ball 12 more times than did Iowa. Indiana had three more offensive rebounds than did Iowa. They were plus five on the glass overall. And where it mattered most, though, Iowa... Indiana committed personal fouls, 35 personal fouls to 22, and Iowa shot 47 free throws to 19 for Indiana. That is the type of disparity that I don't think we'll see again. Now, I also think Iowa will shoot better than 5 of 24 from 3, but I don't like it because Indiana is a team that can still fill fill the bucket, that still has very good athletes, and I, I don't want to say the spotlight's going to be too much for this young Iowa team, but no. If you made me wager ten dollars, I would wager ten dollars, and I would pick Indiana, and that's who I picked in my, in my bracket that my wife has thrown away. I came into my desk to record this. I'm looking for my Big Ten bracket that I filled out on Sunday night, and I don't see it. And I went to her. I said, "Hey, where was my bracket?" She's like, "Oh, I thought that was trash." I said it's March. It's March. It is trash. If, it is trash if you're picking Indiana it, over Iowa. Yeah, so I agree with the wife. It's March. We don't throw away brackets. But now having seen that Ohio State lost to Rutgers, and I had Ohio State not only beating Rutgers but beating Maryland, I think my wife was right after all. It was trash. <laughs> well, the Indiana – and I've watched quite a – when I can't sleep at night, I watch basketball. And I've seen about three of their games, and well, they you turn, are – You turn on like the Lick Lighter replays? Oh yeah, that's yeah. That makes me go to sleep. Actually, that's I. That's a good idea. I may have to do that. But Indiana, they are crazy. Sometimes they'll go on runs. I think it was the Northwestern game. They went on a 22-0 run. Then after the half, it's a 17-2 run. And then I think they finish off with an eight. 8-0 run or 8-1 run, something like that. And there's a number of games that I watch that they're like that. What I'm scared of, and I've had a problem with this. It's fundamentals. I love a lot of stuff he does, but I lo- I can't stand some other stuff. He's going to have to call a timeout because they are going to go on a run against us. They do almost every game. It's up and down. It's roller coaster. And I'm, I'm scared that Fran won't call that timeout. And it's more important this year than any year that, that I've seen under Fran because we have freshmen. We are playing on a neutral site. It's big time. They know if they get two wins, we're most likely in. So I think calling timeouts this year is huge, especially against Indiana. That uh, is it spurtability, whoever made that word up, because they've got it. He called the Fran called a timeout two minutes and 10 seconds into the game in Iowa City. Iowa was down nine, nothing. And then what did he do? He subbed in a brand new starting (laughs) five, I think. 
So yeah, yeah but I, I agree with you. Fran typically does not do that. So yeah, he, he it was nine nothing. Then Iowa nine uh, two. Pencil got a layup. Then Indiana hits a three. Um, Iowa gets a bucket. Indiana hits another three. Indiana hits another three, and it's seventeen four. So they had like one, two, three, um, three three pointers right off the top, and uh, bam! Then Iowa had to come back, and then at halftime it was a one point game. It was thirty three to thirty two. So down down the stretch of the half, when it got to seventeen to four at the 1554 mark so it was five minutes and six seconds into the game and indiana was up 17 to four for the remaining roughly 15 minutes indiana iowa outscored indiana 28 to 16 and then the second half happened and indiana would push ahead by five iowa would rally back and then they got it to overtime somehow and then peter jock scored what 20 some points in overtime or something crazy like that. Just, just an <laughs> yeah. insane amount of points. The Iowa, yeah, Iowa scored 21 points as a team in overtime. Yeah, let's do let's do that. Yeah, let's do that regular the regular part of the game too. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, 21 points. Let's see if they have now they don't I don't think the stats have uh, overtime broken out, but that that's pretty crazy. 21 points in overtime. Holy smokes, that's insane. But anyway, and, yeah. And no, and watching these guys, I want your opinion on this. They got two quick guards, and I'm worried about us staying in front of them because I, if they get in in the paint, bad things are going to happen. They're going to start hitting threes, and they're going to start going on the big runs. The um, oh, who's the, what's the kid's name? I, um, Devontae Green, and then they've got the uh, Kirk. What's his name? Uh, New Kirk. I'm a little worried about that. We've got to stay in front of them, and the help defense has to be there um, if we're going to beat them. But, again, this is not North Carolina. This is not Duke. This is not Gonzaga, people. Feel good about your team. This team is playing well. There is nobody in the Big Ten that we should be scared of, especially a team that's 3-8 and eight in the last 11, John Miller. Well, I suspect that the players aren't scared of them. And I'm not, like, sitting here saying scared. I just think that, the, you know, when – we were looking at the possible matchups that Iowa could draw in their first game, you know, last week when it looked like Iowa was going to avoid playing on Wednesday. We were talking about Michigan. We were talking about Illinois. We were talking about Indiana and Nebraska and Ohio State and Indiana. And of all those teams, Indiana was the team I least wanted to see Iowa play. And then Illinois was probably next in that mix because Illinois plays Iowa defensively the way I think other teams really should, and that's they extend their defense and overplay man-to-man, whether it's 23 feet away or not. Iowa just doesn't have enough ball players to break you down off the dribble, and that's why I think Illinois was successful against Iowa. Indiana can play that way as well. They have quickness uh, on the perimeter. So, and Indiana is the most explosive team that Iowa could play. I think Indiana, at least, at least one of the top three scoring teams in the Big Ten, Iowa is one of those as well. But you're right, down the stretch, you know, their last 11 games, they lost a game at Michigan and at Northwestern. They beat Penn State at home. Then they lost at Wisconsin, home against Purdue. Stop me if you see a, a, a pushover here. Home against Michigan, <laughs> at Minnesota at Iowa, then they won at home against Northwestern, then they lost at Purdue, and they won at Ohio State. So of all their losses, the teams that they lost to down the stretch with the exclusion of Iowa are all teams, well, including Iowa, top five or better in the Big Ten. Um, And that was Purdue twice. Two losses to Purdue. So this is a team that lost to good teams. Yeah, and that no, that's and that's a good point. And I just saw I don't know when this came out, but I just saw a scroll on ESPN where they uh Lenardi's got um Indiana is not the next four. He's got them like uh what is it, next, next, four in or something like that. So in other there, words there's, there's first four first last four buys and last four in. And then first four out and then next four out. Next four out, he's got him in. And is that new? I didn't. I didn't remember seeing that. I think that's new. That they're the next next four out. God, well, this is I'm ridiculous. I'm going to pull up I, I feel like I'm to see if I can Spanish. find any updates. March eighth, last update. Um, as of this morning, he had Indiana in the next four out. Iowa is in the first four out as of this morning. 
Hang on a second. I got ESPN bleeding in since they play automatic ads. Um, so <laughs> last, this was as of this morning. Last four buys were Providence, Marquette, Vanderbilt, and Syracuse. Syracuse is lost today. Then his last four in were Xavier, Wake Forest, USC, and Illinois State. First four out, Rhode Island, Kansas State, Illinois, Iowa. And then next four out, Clemson, Houston, California, and Indiana. It makes you wonder if the winner of the Iowa-Indiana game isn't in. Man, I can't believe Indiana is going to get in. I just – I have trouble believing this. And if you look at that last four in, if you look at their RPIs, they're 44, 33, 28, and 36. I was around 70. The, the, the four that get in before that, look at – listen to this. Uh, 23, 28, 33, 36. John, it, if – if they put a ton of value on the RPI, we are screwed. I hope they don't. I hope they look also at Ken Palm. I also hope they look at Sagarin. I hope they do the eyeball test and actually look at this team and how they're playing right now. Um, but we're not even close in, in terms of those last four that got in in terms of the RPI. That scares me, John. Well, Indiana is like 81st in the RPI. So they have a worse RPI than does Iowa. Indiana was 17 and 14 in the regular season, seven and 11 overall. Um, they beat KU early on in the year, but that was when they had OG and an OB on the team. And I think they've had another loss along the way, another you know loss along the way. They also beat North Carolina. So there's nobody else in the Big Ten. There's nobody else that's on the bubble that has two better wins than that. Now. The Kansas game was on November 11th, and the North Carolina game was on November the 30th. And this is not the same Indiana team, not hardly. So the, I think the body of evidence that we've seen since in February and March is far more applicable than what we saw in November when Indiana was at full strength and at one point in time ranked number three in the nation. That said, they're still a team that's explosive and can get going. And this is this Iowa team, even though Indiana is not – necessarily old Iowa is the eighth least experienced team in college basketball at 340 at 340 or no 343 out of 351 Ken Pomeroy has Indiana at 306 um but has so that they I don't know I don't want to sit here and build Indiana up as if they are a top 10 team because they're not um, and they really haven't won all that much in games where they needed to sack up and do something down the stretch. But their schedule, nobody in the Big Ten played a tougher schedule than, than Indiana dating back to January 21st. I don't even need to go look it up. I can just see by looking at this because of the teams that they played um, at that point in time or all the teams that are in the top of the Big Ten. I just don't like the matchup. And if you made me pick, I'm, I'm picking Indiana to win. No, and I get it, and you made good points. No OG, and I looked up in uh, NBA draft um, where he would be. He's going to be around 20. They don't have him. They also didn't have a guy that started 24 games last year in the name, by the name of Hartman. He hasn't played all year. I don't even blame Crane, and I don't even think he's a good coach. They've also had a couple other injuries along the way. Do you take that into account? I just want to talk to one of these guys you know, over a beer and just what do you want Tell me what you want. It just drives me crazy. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they have had to deal. I mean, Ananobi, gosh, how many games did he No, that's the wrong team. Ananobi probably played, what, 20 games? Was no, that, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that, actually. Anyway, th thanks to ESPN. They have Indiana's team link up here. And when you click on Indiana's team link there, it takes you to Georgia Tech, which means that Georgia Tech was on the next four outline and Indiana has been subbed into it. That's what that tells you right there, a little, uh, little inside for you. OG played 16 games. He was averaging 11.1 points per game, 5.4 rebounds per game. So he's definitely um, a painful loss. But anyway... You play with who you got, and yeah. Did you did you point out the the turnovers? They're three hundred thirty first in the nation. Is that what I heard you say in terms of turnovers? Uh, and that's not now they're they're not doing the pace of play, so turnover, that's unfair. Turnover, they play fast. Yeah, turnover percentage they're three twenty two. Okay, um, and yeah, on that's bad. on defense they're three nineteen. That means that they're they're you know they're not necessarily forcing turnovers and they're committing a lot of them. Um, they're 11th in offensive rebound percentage. They're 22nd in effective field goal percentage. 
Um, so it's it, this this is the team that can that can really hurt you when their offense is on, but they don't play good defense and they're crappy with the basketball in their hands in in pivotal and tough situations. Now this isn't the road. This isn't Carver Hawkeye Arena, um, <laughs> but it's it's you know, Indiana. But the thing, both teams, both teams know that they have to win or they're not going to the tournament. Um, Indiana, given the way that the NIT bubble is breaking, I mean, there are very few at-large spots that are going to be available. Iowa is definitely going to get get one. Iowa is likely going to host at least one, if not two games. Indiana could have trouble getting into the NIT with the way some things are going. Um, now, I know some people have tried to convince me, John, wouldn't it be better for this young Iowa team if they went oh, to gosh. the NIT and played oh, a couple John. of games and this and that and the other? And I'll Can tell you, you give me their Twitter feed and or phone number or address. I'd like to go talk to them and slap some sense into them. That is the most ridiculous take I've ever heard. Literally, that is so dumb. Go to the NCAA tournament. <laughs> They'd rather win two or three games in the NIT versus go to the NCAA tournament. Who are these people? Please. Yeah, no, no question about it. Any player that's ever played, it's not even a debate. They'd laugh in your face. It's the oh. NCAA tournament. And actually, I would offer this up as a point to where I think the NCAA tournament would be far better for this team than even a four-game run in the NIT. At this point in time of the year, four games in the NIT, all that is is practice. That's more practice. It's not like the, the, the improvements that this year's Iowa team will make to next year will happen in the summer and the fall. It won't happen in the NIT. The big reason why you'd like to see this young Iowa team get into the tournament over the NIT is so that when they go there next year, their jaws are not agape. They're not like, oh, my gosh, still hayseed enough to say, look who's in the big town. Look at all these lights. Oh, we got to go do these interviews. Oh, we have the walkthroughs with fans. You get all of the pomp and circumstance and awe-inducing things out of the way. Because these, a lot of these guys, they've not been there. Now, Bear has, but you know, all the freshmen, uh, true freshmen, they haven't. So they haven't been through to see these things. And... They've grown up watching it on TV and dreaming of being in this tournament. So you get all of that out of the way. You go get your ass kicked in the first round, um, <laughs> something like that, uh, or whatever. And then next year when you come, and probably the next three years when you come, it's a business trip. And there's no gawking. It's all about the work. So you get that out of the way. And I'm not I'm not seeing that gawking. I'm not seeing that uh, glassy eyed stuff. We haven't had many players that had cojones over these past four years. And I told you, I loved all that. All those guys that committed to Fran, Gazelle, Woody, Utah, Clemens, all those guys. I loved them because we that was an absolute train wreck with Licklider. And those guys decided to believe in Fran and come here and do it. So I'm never going to say anything bad about them. But let's just say they weren't. They didn't have the swagger, which we've been talking about. They did not have that, the cojones, the melons, the onions, whatever. They didn't have it. I think this team, if they did get in the NCAA tournament, and you make a good point, I understand what you're saying. I don't think they would have that. You look at some of these guys, you see, you see how Cook looks at somebody after he dunks? Uh, Charles Barkley once said, you can tell in the NBA when there's the guys that want to go and the guys that don't want to go. And let me tell you something. Cook would go. You look at Cook, he has that intensity. He has no problem if you if he's if a guy's bigger than him, he will go. He to uh play on Charles Barkley's uh, opinion there. But a lot of these guys, Cook wouldn't be uh Cook wouldn't be nervous, Pemsel wouldn't be nervous. Um who else? I don't think it even looks like Bohannon. He's he's just a stud of a freshman. I can't believe I can't believe how wrong everybody was on him. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I'm like the king of that fan club. <laughs> um, I mean, th there's a difference, in my opinion, to being nervous and a moment and circumstance just being bigger than you are at that point in time. I don't disagree with you. You brought up to me in a text earlier this week, and I even mentioned to you in the article that I wrote, that yep, I saw it. You, yep. you said that this team has more swagger 
than last year's team, and I thought he's right. Jared Utoff is the most talented basketball player awesome. from from a from a universal skill set standpoint that I can remember playing at Iowa in my lifetime. And I'm forty; I'll be forty six next week. That includes Ronnie Lester. That includes Roy Marble. That includes all of them. Though I'm not saying Utoff's the best player because he's not. But he is better at a more greater cross-section of skill sets than any Iowa player I can remember. He just lacked killer instinct. He, he, needed, he needed like that, that cornerback, like, forget, you know, I just missed a shot. He just needed an infusion of confidence. If he had, I, if, if he had Cordell, Cordell Pemsel's attitude, dude have been first-team All-American um, oh yeah. There's no. And doubt. by the way, did you see he made uh, the maps? I saw Utah that he's made getting, the maps. He's getting. I wrote, I wrote a little ditty up today, and apparently a lot of people still love reading about the Sleeta because I posted it over <laughs> on Facebook or Hawkeye Nation Facebook page, and it had like sixty thousand views in four hours, which is great oh, to my. see. Um, Jared Utah signing is signing a ten day contract with the Mavs. He'll be there tomorrow. Um, his last five games in the D-League for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, I think he's averaging something like 21 points a game, over 11 rebounds a game, nearly four assists per game. Um, one of the top five or six prospects in the D-League at this point in time. 10-day contract is going to net him around 30K for a first-year player. Basically, it's the, the NBA league minimum is 525000 and a 10-day contract is prorated. Uh, 10-day contract or three games, whichever is the longest. He's going to, you know, over his 10 days, it's going to be more than three ga- more than three games. So it's a true 10-day. So he's going to make about 30 grand. So that's great. But it's more importantly, he's, you know, Mark Cuban and the Cavs, I mean, this earlier this year, Yogi Ferrell, point guard from Indiana. Cavs. You think they'll you think they'll post up a Utah and practice against Yogi? Yeah, maybe so, maybe so. I said Cavs. I meant I meant Mavs. Mavs um, yeah. The Mavs signed him to a 10-day contract. Then they signed him to a second 10-day contract on the heels of that. And after that, you basically got to move on or sign him. Well, they signed him to a two-year deal, guaranteed. So that's what right. I'm hoping happens for Utah, who maybe he's a little bit of a Dirk Light. I had Tyler Lupke today put a little uh, Dirk Nowitzki hair on, Ty, uh, on Jared Utah, and there is a striking yeah. resemblance. Oh, yeah, he's got that game. Yeah, Dirk Nowitzki is a freak, and he does. Obviously, it's a watered-down version of – we're not saying he's Dirk Nowitzki, the sixth-best scorer in history, but he has some of that skill set, and it's it's unbelievable to watch. And, yeah, Yogi's, I think, 13 points and five assists since he's got there. So, And Mark Cuban, you know, obviously watches a lot of Big Ten basketball, so I'm sure he knows – the upside Utah has. But when I was talking about swagger, how about another guy? And you and Dace like to talk about this, that, you know, only, you know, only white guys can be scrappy or something like that. It's just an adjective applied. It's it's annoying to people of, of, of white skin pigment. Yes. And it's annoying. And, and white guys can't have swagger. You know, who has swagger, a guy by the name of Nicholas bear. That guy has swagger, John. Well, the thing that he has, I don't, you, you can call it swagger. You can call it what you want. But it's basically the same thing that Aaron White had, although White was even a little more nasty, um, is he never stops. He never stops moving on the basketball court. And if you never stop moving, good things are going to happen to you, even if you're not a great athlete. But Nicholas Bear is a good athlete. Uh, dude has, has a motor. Um, he blocks shots. His help side defense is awesome. Um, you know, if you, if you back him down, he's not going to block your shot. But as a help defender, he's really good at blocking shots. He is in near-perfect catch-and-shoot form before the ball arrives. So he yep. has very little movement in his form. And the less movement you have in your form, the more repeatable it is, which is why when I saw Jock as a freshman shoot, I'm like, this kid's going to freaking kill it because his form is repeatable. Same for Bear. Now, Bear is shooting at a torrid pace. But isn't it pretty awesome when your leading rebounder for the season is, has attempted over 100 three-pointers and he's made over 40 of them? Um, that's Nicholas. Yeah, the last Bear. four to six games. Did you seen that? I mean, that's yeah, ridiculous. He's like shooting, he's shooting. Yeah, he's 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 going crazy. His confidence is soaring, and confidence, swagger. They're probably in the same block. They live, you know, they go to the same parties. 
Um, and I think that for next year, <laughs> you know, this year he's he's averaging just under 24 minutes a game. And he's, you know, scoring seven, six, and he's averaging six rebounds a game. I think that moves up to 28, 29 per game next year. And I think that he's a 10 and, 10 and seven guy. And then all the other myriad of things. You know, you've said it, I've said it. We're all excited about the future of this program. I still, I still wish Iowa had a cat quick, cat quick point guard, but yeah. it is what it is. Because ultimately, when you get to March, this game is about guards. Iowa is going to have one of the deepest front courts in America next year. Oh my God, we have to talk about that. We will. What, seriously, it's giving me like a migraine yeah. thinking about what Fran is going to have to go through next so year. So it's going to be incredibly deep. But when you get to March, it's a guards game. When you win league championships, it's a guards game. And Iowa, you know, that's why I've tweeted this numerous times this season. To me, one of the biggest tipping points for next year to be a team that can be a seven, eight, nine seed or a team that could be a four seed in next year's tournament I'm gonna is, the develop, is the development of Christian Williams. Oh, geez. What do you see in him? I see a six-six player that can defend right off the top. Um, He's going to get passed over by Fran's son. I, I'm just not seeing it with Christian. He does not have that confidence and that swagger we talked about. I read a quote from his coach that he didn't even believe in himself until about five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games left in his high school season. That's not the guys I want on the team anymore. I love him. I love his six assists and zero turnovers last game and maybe you're going to be right maybe he's going to start making a run here and he'll fend off Fran's son but I, I am not seeing what you are seeing I've been thoroughly disappointed with him this year well I mean again yeah did, did he maybe get his dauber down after he was passed over and, and lost his starting job potentially yeah that could happen but I've seen some things from him offensively that I don't think any other guard can do I see like a dev marble style um, um, offensive game in there now dev was a lot better dev was just more crafty and dev did not lack confidence at times he had too much of it um, I'm, I'm just saying, if Iowa is going to take that next leap for next year and be that good of a team, then Christian Williams is going to have to do that. Because I if don't. If Christian Williams is anywhere near Dev Marble, uh, dinner's on me. No, I, I said that he's not as good as Dev. I'm just saying, like, that type of sneaky, silky, in between the gaps, pull up jumper from 14 feet near the elbow, snake his way to the basket. Um, and I. See, I don't even want him shooting that, John. I don't even want him well, you shooting if, if you unless shoot, he gets then, to the if, rim. Listen, if you can't shoot, then you're Dom Yule and you shouldn't play a minute. See, he can. I actually disagree with you. I think he can shoot. His confidence just stinks right now. Which means he you can't shoot. He was shooting from his belt button last year and the year before, and we, were, we didn't have a problem with it. He was hitting threes. He could shoot. If, I, you I, have no, if you have no confidence, bro, I don't want you on the floor. Yeah, and that's the problem with Christian Williams. He doesn't that's have any confidence either. That's why I said the off-season development. If he does, then I think the ceiling's pretty high. If he doesn't, then I think we'll still have a fun season and take steps forward. Now, listen, oh, I, I, was, right. I was wrong about Bohannon. Couldn't have been more. I didn't think Bohannon was going to be a Big Ten-level guard. And here he is, first-team All-Big Ten uh, freshman. And, you know, he has onions of freaking stone. But... <laughs> I don't, I don't think Connor McCaffrey's a Big Ten point guard. I actually think Bohannon's probably – I know Doug Gottlieb tweeted this the other night, and I've been saying it all year. I, I think Bohannon's probably more of a combo too, but he's doing a hell of a job, and I'm fine with him. Um, I just think that – and it's not anything against Bohannon. I just think, you know, lateral quickness and things like that, it's tough. But offensively, he doesn't care. He does not care. No, he doesn't. If he misses 10 in a row, dude knows the next one's going in. And I love that. So and I'm he shoots all, him a country mile back. I yeah, love that. I'm in. I'm all in on him. I just think that, you know, they're missing a guard. Um, and when you look at the recruiting ranks coming up, there, there just isn't a point guard. Um, you know, Connor McCaffrey's plays point for West. And, and again, I hope I'm wrong. I, I have nothing against these kids. Believe me, I want them to be what you, you and other people think they can be. Um, and I was wrong about Bohannon. So maybe I should just stick to running my mouth and being wrong about things.
Exile Brewing Company has a couple of beers that they want you to know about. One, the Ruthie, the flagship beer available year-round, a golden lager, light, medium-bodied beer, incredibly smooth finish, their most popular beer that Exile Brewing Company makes. Let me give you a few adjectives they give. A subtle biscuit and caramel undertone, but very well-balanced brew with premium German malt and hops, available year-round, and some seasonal beers, the one they're featuring right Right now, the Sir Mokalot Stout. Again, some adjectives from Exile. Jet black in color, medium body, brewed with local cocoa from Stam, coffee malt, and chocolate malt. Robust coffee aroma, smells like a fresh pot of dark roast coffee. Rich dark chocolate finish from local cocoa. That is available through February, available on tap and in bottles throughout the entire state of Iowa. But, well, he's yeah. McCaffrey shooting, I think, 43% from three-point range, which he's improved his shot. I think he's shooting 90. I could be wrong on that from free throw range. He sees the court beautifully. He's a coach's son, so obviously he's going to be smart. It's going to be interesting. This is your boy, Christian Williams. I hope you're right on him. I love his length. You know we love wingspan and all that stuff. We've talked about that for years. I love that. But as of right now, I don't want him shooting threes. I don't want him shooting floaters. Only layups and then dish. And that's what he did last game. Six assists uh, to zero turnovers. That's what I want to see out of him. And I hope you're right. I understand you're not saying he's going to be Dev Marble. Uh, but And I do agree. Yeah, he's an X Factor next year. Absolutely. I would agree with you with that. McCaffrey in 23 games. This is before um, West beat um, Newton. In, in Des Moines on Wednesday. In 23 games, he's averaging 19.8. He's West's leading scorer. Um, he is 120 of 143 from the line, so that's 84%. Three-pointers, okay. he's 53 of 125, so that's 42%. It's pretty good. Okay. Um, and 91 assists in 23 games, so that's a little over four a game. Um, I'll tell you what, though. I wish we can... can- was a senior. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, w- I wish Wieskamp was a senior or Weisskamp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Holy freaking cow. I got another 81 for 81 percent free throw shooter. 62 of 151 from three. That's 41 percent. 10.2 boards a game. 43 blocks. Um, 30.4 points per game. I wrote this earlier this winter or, or a couple of weeks ago. He has a chance to be the all-time leading scorer in the history of 4A and just the third player ever to top 2,000 points in 4A. Um, Jeff Horner was the first to do it, and there was some kid from the Northwest Iowa that I can't remember his name. Didn't play D, you know, high major D1, so I can't remember him. Um, You know, Patrick McCaffrey, his numbers are going to shoot up quite a bit. That kid, that kid has pro potential. Yeah, he does. Um, but, you know, of the next year's three, Luca Garza, everybody knows him because he's just a big man. His season's over. They played 31 games out there, 760 points, 24 and a half a game. He hit 74% from the line, 159 of 217 attempts for the big fella. But the guy. You don't have there, do you? Huh? Because he shoots the three. I love big guys that can yeah, shoot the three. Yeah, the, 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 you, you know the site that I found, I don't have it. And I emailed his coach okay. on like um, Monday, and I still haven't heard back from him. He doesn't know him anything, but I'm just kind of surprised. Um, but the kid that I've been pumped about since he committed, really pumped about, because I think he is Sleeta, but with yeah. more attitude, is Jack Nungi. Um, <laughs> dude's, I mean, I've seen him listed anywhere from 6'9". I read an article last week in the Indiana, Indianapolis Star, 6'11". Um, you know, 225 pounds, 80% free throw shooter. He's... Th- um, 34 from 89 from three, so 38 percent three. 10.8 boards a game, 63 assists on the season, which is less than 30. You know, one a game less than McCaffrey. 89 blocks in 25 games. This is one of the best players in the state of Indiana, and Iowa got him. And I, I mean, to me, he's going to come in and play. Garza, I think, is. I think that he could struggle a little bit early on. That's not to say I don't think he's good because I think he is good. I just think that it's going to be tough for him to find minutes. I think that Anungi fits things a little bit more where maybe he could steal some minutes from Ewell 
in that position because I just I'm not high on Yule. And then yeah. you know, what do you do? Then you've got Wagner, who you know he needs <laughs> to develop his offensive game a little bit, but he's really I think played much better this year and much better in the second half. Cook and Pemsel are freaking. I mean, Pemsel is the one that blows me away. I, I just didn't see enough of it. Did you expect no. anything like this out of him? I love his feet. I love his hands. I mean, he was making everything at the beginning of the year. And then he, there were a few games in the middle of the year where I was like, what happened to his hands? What happened to his finishing ability? Well, he's back. He's back, baby. And and we got a steal. I don't know why more teams didn't come after him. Um, But again, what we just talked about recently, I've seen Garza play. I've seen interviews with him. He's a confident kid. He understands that he can't jump at all. I mean, that's not coming from me. That's coming from him. He cannot jump. So he knows how to position his body and maneuver his body and the fact that he can hit threes um, and free throws. Um, And I saw a couple moves out of him I liked. So, again, what are we going to be? What do we want to be, John? You brought this up a number of years ago. I believe we talked about it on a podcast. But I I hate to say it. I mean, it makes me want to vomit even saying, but kind of – Wisconsin, you know, where some of these guys can come in maybe possibly and red shirt, get in the weight room, and then we'll have them for, you know, the rest of the four years because our forwards are stacked like we just freaking said. I mean, where who's going to play? And you keep saying it's a guards game, which I agree with. I mean, it's what are we going to do? I, I, I don't. Well, I guy, no guy, a guy like Nungi, you know, if you think of Utah and his skill set, again, I think that he has something like that. I'm not saying that he's going to be as good of a player as Utah is or as, as highly skilled across the range as Utah is, but he can be a little less skilled than Utah was, but with a little more, um, you know, uh, chutzpah and produce really good numbers. I think a guy like him can, can fill some, some space for you. Um, Isaiah Moss's development is going to be huge for this team. Yes. yes. Uh, I mean, incredibly big. You know, we, we saw Brady Ellingson. I was almost ready to write him off mentally. And then when Peter Jock went down, those two games, which they were against Ohio State and Rutgers, but Brady Ellingson came in and kicked some ass. Yes, um, he did. Played really well, and the team moved the ball really well. You know, Ryan Creener, I think that he's looked good at times. Um, maybe he I'm can, bigger on him than most. I, I kind of like him. I'm maybe, bigger on him. Than most. Maybe he can build on that. I don't know. It's just going to be really tough to disperse those minutes, and because Cook and Pencil are going to play. Another huge important thing this off season is going to be teaching you know cook and pencil i wonder how much they work together in the same sets during october i wonder how much time they played on the same unit together in october i bet not much because when cook came back it took away from pencil they just didn't play well together at the same time. I think with an off season of working together, they can work on some high low triangle plays with them. Um, I think Pemsel can be a decent passer better than Cook. Um, Cook has the ability to take a big stiff off the dribble. So does Pemsel. So it'll be interesting to see if they can develop a, a same unit type chemistry or what Fran does there. Maybe maybe Fran starts bare and, and one of those guys sits or maybe it's Wagner. I don't know. Fran's going to have a lot of toys, but then again, he's going to have that same temptation of too many players. I mean, you yeah. need to have like a nine-man rotation, 10-man, but it's he's going to be tempted to do more than that, especially with the three newcomers coming in. No, and the thing with Pemsel that that's interesting because I I think he can be a good shooter. I've heard Bobby Hansen say that he was working with him on free throws. I like the way the ball looks in his hand. I think eventually he's going to be a good free throw shooter and a guy that can hit a fifteen foot jumper. Cooks even the hand is the ball is looking in yeah. his hand better, don't you think? I do. I mean, Cook Cook was six twenty two from the line in the whole season, and Pemsel was five eighty eight. In Big Ten, Cook is 633, and Pemsel is 655. So both of them have shot better in Big Ten play. And I would say over the last month, they both might be pushing 70%. And and pencils form. There's no question that it's that he's that he's going to be able to do it. So, but we kind of ran far afield there. But it's fun to do. You know, this is probably a better podcast for April. But what the hell, we can just replay it then. It's <laughs> you know another another thing though is why Iowa's rebuilding year had to happen in a year when the Big Ten is down. 
Why does that always happen? You know, because next year Iowa's going to be back up, but so is Michigan State. Minnesota's going to be really good. Um, Indiana, now you think Michigan State, because they lose their stud, he's going they to the lose NBA. Bridge, we all know lose that. Bridges, but and who's the guy down low that is just boring in it? Oh, my gosh. Ward, who, did, who, who, who didn't make first team uh, freshman all Big Ten, but yet the coaches voted him honorable mention. All Big Ten, Big Ten, but he didn't make first team. I don't get that math. But yeah, he's one of like only I think four, three or four guys in Michigan State history that has hit is it three hundred or four hundred points. I mean, he's doing stuff that is elite of the elite, and he looks good down there, man. And speaking of that, Bohannon's got three hundred, Cook three hundred four, Cook's got two eighty nine. He might top three hundred, you know, on Thursday. Um, and Pemsel has two seventy nine. Before this year, there'd never been more than two Iowa freshmen in the same year to top 200. There's three this year. There's, there could be three that top 300, and Isaiah Moss only needs seven to be the fourth to top 200. That's pretty good. Oh, it's it's getting not, fun. It's not too bad. Um, back to the Big Ten tournament. Um, you think they're going to beat Indiana? I do. Um, like I said, I've watched probably three games recently in the last few days. I think they're just too sloppy, too too many turnovers. Their quick guards scare me. Um, one of the, I think it's Kirk. Uh, New Kirk. What the heck is his name? Yeah, New Kirk's been on a run lately. Uh, I think 15 points, and he's been averaging it over the, a certain number of games. So you got to stay in front of him, New Kirk, and you got to stay in front of Green. What I'm, what I don't, I, I don't know how many Indiana fans you talk to. I know a few, and they're very interesting people. And it's, they expect a lot. They expect a lot. Even just getting into the tournament isn't enough for him. It wasn't enough for the Davis guy when he made it to the national championship game. And three years later, um, I understand their program had fallen, but that was because of the fans. The fans were so negative. Nobody wanted to, none of the recruits wanted to come there. So a lot of times fans can actually influence whether recruits want to come there. And I think that's what happened. But um, as far as the Indiana fans, I don't know what's going to happen with Crane. I, I have no idea. Do you do you have any idea? Have you been on the my, message board? My, my, my feeling is he may pull an offer Alford and get out of town ahead of the posse. And it's interesting really? it's interesting. Alford was flirting with Missouri, which made me lose my mind and basically call him a liar on the radio, <laughs> which meant I got called I got called over to the principal's office on that one. Oh um, man! If I had video of that, let me tell you, man. It was pretty boring for the first minute when me and Steve and Steve Rowe, the assistant SID at the time, and uh, Noodles were all sitting in a room with our arms folded and quiet, <laughs> nobody talking. Because you know my rule is he who talks first loses. So I just sat there, and uh, <laughs> and they're sitting there staring at me, and you know. Moving anyway, I've I've talked that stuff. Well, what do you want me to do? I I have a job. I yeah. have to. Well, who told? Well, who told you that? I'm like Steve. That didn't work this way. It didn't work this way. Well, it's not true. I'm like you know. I wouldn't have said it unless I believed it. Well, I didn't talk to Missouri. I'm like never said you did. Your representative did. Your agent did. Your dad did. Somebody did. Are you <laughs> are you denying it? Well, that's not what the story is. I'm like okay. Oh wow. So Missouri. Missouri is the you know the rumors with Crane, so that would be um, interesting. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, how far do you think Iowa go? You think you haven't beaten Indiana? Then uh, probably playing against Maryland since Maryland will beat Rutgers. So you think they beat Maryland or lose to Maryland? But I thought we'd play Wisconsin. Oh yeah, you're right. It is Wisconsin. I'm sorry. I got Rutgers on my mind for some. Yeah, no, it's okay. Your wife threw that trash away. She threw my bracket away. What am I supposed to do? (laughs) Hey, I don't blame her, man. When you got a bracket, when you're picking Indiana over I, when they've like three and eight in the last 11 games, good job out of your wife. But, um, I think we can beat Wisconsin. I do. Obviously we kind of stole that one at, uh, Wisconsin. I'm not going to apologize for winning at Wisconsin ever. Okay. This will be a neutral site. Um, and they better get it done this year. Wisconsin better get it done this year. Four seniors in the starting lineup, right? I believe. They, well, they better yeah. get it I mean, done. They got Harris and Koenig. And, um, is Showalter and, a senior? Showalter's a senior. What's his name? Nigel Hayes, who I think is overrated. I heard Crispin, and I bet you he's a nice guy. He just annoys the bleep out of me. I don't know he how. I don't know. Nigel Hayes. He compared Nigel Hayes to Paul Pierce. Yeah, I, I don't know how. Because he likes to pump fake. What the hell are you talking about? I don't know You're how comparing Hayes. comparing a Hall of Famer to Nigel Hayes, and he didn't play well last year either, John. Nigel Hayes shot, 
I think maybe under 40% from field goal range. This year, he's only averaging six rebounds. You know what Peter Jock's averaging? Almost six rebounds, and he plays less minutes. Yeah, I don't know how Nigel Hayes gets his shown shot in the next level. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how he does that. I, I just don't see it. It's not. A, he's not the ball handler that Paul Pierce was. Certainly not the shooter that Paul Pierce was. So I don't know. I think know. he was talking in terms of. I, I don't pump fakes. Well, then compare him to Wade Looking Bill. I don't know. He's comparing him to a Hall of Famer. Give me a break, Crispin. Jiminy. Yeah, I don't see that. Yeah, Hayes is a senior. Um, Koenig's a senior. Vito Brown's a senior. Um, Showalter's a I'm senior. I'm not familiar with him, but yeah, he's a senior. Vito I, know, Brown? I do know that. And I'm sure they've got what guys. You're not in the... familiar with Vito Brown. The guy sang three times in the damn game last week. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure Wisconsin's got guys, you know, just yeah, they're red, guys. They're, just, they're, they're, they're red. They're red shirting them all. But um, so you think Iowa beats uh, Indiana and Wisconsin? I do. I do. So I I'm think sure, we're I'm playing. Sure you haven't beaten Maryland and beaten and winning the Big Ten tournament and making all this bubble talk moot. The bubble. The bubble talk will be moot. Yes, it absolutely will. Two O's moot. Yes, it will be. Yeah, not mute. What's what's wrong with that? I mean, what are There's you? There's nothing wrong with scared it. Scared of John? I, I, I just predicted. No, you. you're cracking on me. No, okay? I'm not. Why don't you go get your bracket out of the trash? Well, it is trash because I have Iowa losing Indiana. <laughs> what's the point at that juncture? Uh, I guess we'll be talking NIT then. But that's yes, I, I, you know that's what? what that's I not said. a bad Iowa thing. Lo- Iowa loses to Indiana, and the NIT is their destination. Is what I think. Any shot at destroying Indiana by, uh, let's say, 14 points and losing b- by two points to Wisconsin, any shot sure of getting in. Shot. I mean, it, w- it wouldn't surprise – I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa won four games and won the whole thing. This Big Ten is the, – the gap between Purdue and Indiana, the top ten teams in, in this rankings, is not a lot. I mean, it, it's when you look at. I mean, Iowa beat Purdue. Here's Purdue's losses: Minnesota, that was at home; Iowa and Iowa City; Nebraska in Lincoln; and Michigan in Chrysler. I mean, they lost four. They're a good team. They're the best team in the league. But they're. It's not like they're freaking uh, the Flintstones, you know? No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This isn't this isn't an elite team. This isn't an elite league. Wisconsin's and Maryland are second place, and Iowa won in both those places. You don't you don't I mean, that those are two of the most difficult snake pit road venues in all of college basketball. Some people say that Maryland's facility is one of the loudest places to play and most da- tough places to win in in the sport. Well, this yeah. Iowa team didn't care. They won there. They they kicked yep. their ass too, pretty pretty handily. So, no, it wouldn't surprise me if Iowa won them all or if Iowa blew Indiana out or if Iowa got blown out. None of it will surprise me. It's very- Michigan's a team I was wrong on at the beginning of the year. I, I did not see them being an eight seed. I, I think they have too much talent, and I respect their coach too much. I wonder if they could go on a run. What did, what did they I, say? You know, I don't know. I mean, believe- right about now, they're having a hard time finding transportation to get to DC. <laughs> I know. That's sad. Their 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 charter flight had a scary situation where they had to abort a takeoff. They they went through the runway. The plane was damaged. No, literally, they they are they are they can't get out. Let's see here. Um, no change in the Iowa start time. Iowa still on f- five thirty due to Michigan travel issues. I don't know that they've figured out their travel issue yet. They still are set to play tomorrow. I think at noon. And they're not in D.C. yet. And no. this, and you and I are recording this. That's unfair. At 9.27 p.m. on Wednesday night. What's unfair about it? Well, they're going to get there, what, right before the game? Well, um, leave the day before. Did you hear they're doing an investigation and they have to keep all their jerseys yes. and all the basketballs and everything in there? I mean, that this is unfair. Come on, man. Dude, it is what it is. Sucks. <laughs> Sucks to be you, yeah, I guess. So, okay. okay, so they don't get there, and Illinois wins by forfeit. <laughs> and Michigan still has the same seed in the NCAA tournament. They're in. No big deal. 
Illinois, sorry, you needed a win, um, and that's not going to count for your RPI, a forfeit. Hey, I value those Big Ten tournament championships more than you, Mr. Alfred Hader, okay? I value those. And if they have to forfeit, oh, God, that, that's not cool. Yeah. I mean, this uh, Brandon Brendan Quinn, a writer from Michigan, he tweeted this 20 minutes ago. Still waiting on an update from Michigan Big Ten, but for what it's worth, tomorrow morning's weather in Ann Arbor is 29 degrees clear and winds at five miles per hour. Sounds like they can catch a flight. Just walk in off the bus and start shooting. Get on the Greyhound, man. Whatever, they're one of the I most, guess. They're one of the most experienced teams in the Big Ten. Okay. For real. Okay. Yes, are. Zach Urban, Derek Walton, love him. The Wagner kid I love. I wonder if he's going to come back next year. That'll be interesting. Oh, Wagner can make a lot of money in Germany <laughs> next year. <laughs> oh, Duncan Robinson. Big time three point shooter. Maybe they're coming on at the right time. That might be one of my. Dude, teams. they 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 ripped Nebraska a new one. I thought that that might be it for Tim Miles, but Nebraska's athletic director tweeting out on Wednesday afternoon that he's excited for Miles to come back and all this and that. So, uh, a good okay, guy here here bra- breaking news. If you can break news on a podcast, which you really can't, um, Michigan will depart Detroit Metro Airport at seven thirty a.m. Eastern time. On Thursday morning, land in D.C. at 8.45, bus to Verizon Center, and probably say they get there at 9.30, um, police escort, and they play at noon. What's the big deal? Tell me where you have them on that, uh, the uh, Big Ten bracket of yours. Uh, How far I, had, I had Michigan winning, and Dace had Illinois. Uh, you, know, you know how he does that. Come yeah, on. Dace, rigged, you, you, Dace rigged the whole airplane. <laughs> oh geez unbelievable but yeah michigan might be my team that comes out of nowhere you look for teams i don't like doing the ncaa tournament and just picking the ones i like ohio looking at state other teams mine. ohio state was mine they're out in the big 10 tournament yeah i had them yeah. beating maryland after beating rutgers and they lost to rutgers so i'm out and do you, and do you believe what they're saying about that mata Give me, oh, he should retire at 49. Well, here's before the, oh. last year, dude, remember when we looked that up before last year? He was he had a better winning percentage than like Dean Smith, Krzyzewski, all like the Though great. The retirement talk is more to do with his back. He's had right? a very tough physical year, year and a half. He's got a really bad back. And yeah. I tweeted out a couple of weeks ago that I, that I was astounded that he was 49 years old. Dude looked like he was pushing 60. And he's three <laughs> years older than me. Now listen, I, I probably look my age now. But damn, dude looks old. But he, yeah. He does. His, he his, does. His, his, his winning percentage in that, no. There's, I mean, he, there's no hot seat for him. But I think I saw an Ohio State writer tweet that this was the second year in a row that no Ohio State player made the first, second, or third All-Big Ten teams. Yep, he struggled the last two years, and I'm talking about before last year when we looked at uh, winning percentage up, and we were just astounded of the company that he was in, and and actually beating in terms of like Bobby Knight, right? Those well, guys, it was crazy. Well, that not only that, but he, there was nobody that recruited better big men every year than him. He was recruiting lottery pick after lottery pick after lottery pick, and that slowed down so uh it's not gone well and next year i don't think things will call that great um last thing here before we go is we're up to 56 minutes which isn't bad okay uh it's gone by rather quickly um you to me this this has been one of the more entertaining and i tweeted this out satisfying iowa basketball seasons for me in a long time the 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 season four or five years ago when they made it to the NIT won one won a home game against Dayton which was an insane crowd go back and Google Iowa Dayton NIT and watch some of those highlights oh, I even had Aaron White tweeting at me on some of those because it was so much fun um, yep, and then, I saw and then that. they yep. lost at Oregon that was a satisfying year only because it had been damn it had been a long time since there was really anything to be happy about and Gaytons went on an amazing run there at the end of that year. This year, I didn't expect much. Yeah, I picked them 17 and 14. Um, I think I picked them seventh in the Big Ten. They get the seventh seed. But they have exceeded my expectations, the way that they've played at times. 
and my optimism going into next year is even greater than I thought it would be. This has just been a fun season to, to watch. And life is a lot about expectations, and we didn't expect them to make the NCAA tournament, and they have a shot. What percentage chance? I'd love Vegas to put out a, you know, I'd love to know what Vegas thinks on that. I will leave you with this, John Miller. Um, Vandy, I think it was six games ago, lost to a team called Missouri, 263 in the RPI. Everybody's talking about our, our Nebraska of Omaha loss and how terrible that was. I think they're around 127 in the RPI. What do you think of that? Yeah, you're you're still fighting. You'll you'll talk about next season, uh, this season after it's over. We can do that podcast then. You're you're still in the now, still fighting for your Hawks. I am and I am. Uh, fire it up. So, all love right, it, man. love it, brother. Thanks, man. Right, Appreciate. That was, uh, that, it's, it's nice to talk to somebody. It's I I feel weird talking to myself after these, but uh, let's be honest. You, let's be honest. There's been probably times during this podcast where I've pissed you off because I've talked too much. Well, I actually have to go to the bathroom so bad I've been moving in my seat. So, yeah, we better end this. All right. That's good. I don't want you to uh, piss yourself. For Wolfgang, I'm John. We'll talk to you soon.